How's it going, everybody? You are listening to the Eastminster Young Adults Podcast, a place where you can learn more about what it means to be a young adult Christian in times like these. You know, studies show that two of every three young adults have a challenging time finding Christian community. Eastminster Presbyterian Church seeks to create a community where you can be known, loved, and challenged without the fear of facing judgment. In doing so, we believe that the world will be a better place. So thanks for listening to the podcast. What's up, young adult kinfolk? This is Pastor Joe, and we're starting a brand new series today called End It. We're going to talk about way to end things that get in the way for us of moving forward. And so for the icebreaker today, and maybe for the next several weeks as we go through this season three series, is I'm going to talk about some stuff that I've tried and then I've quit. Okay, so this is like a little bit of revealing thing here. So I here's a true story. I was in college in the middle of a Winter Olympics, and I it was the first time I really started to watch more than just like the hockey and like the ridiculous ski jump things where you just you're just hoping that somebody crashes and stuff. Anyways, I started watching speed skating, and since I grew up playing hockey, I thought, you know, that'd be kind of fun to try. And so I went to, I just knew it'd take more dedication. I was going to Sterling College, which doesn't have an ice rink around, and I knew that if I was going to give it a go, like I would probably need to pick up and move somewhere. And so I remember buying a pair of inline speed skates, which are different than like just regular inline skates. I had inline hockey skates, which have four wheels, and then inline Speed skates have five wheels, like longer chassis, uh, obviously longer blade, and a speed skate. Anyways, I went to my professor, my, uh, what do you call them, advisor, and I said, hey, I've got this wild idea. And I totally expected I was going to tell him this and he was going to turn me down and that it would get me off it, right? But I said, hey, I would, I'm thinking about quitting school and like moving somewhere up north and going to like speed skating training and maybe trying to qualify for Olympic trials. I kid you not, like in my young, like 20 something brain, I thought this was a good idea. And then even that I could make it, even though I probably would never make it. Uh, he, and to my surprise, he said, sounds like a great idea. And he told me how when he was teaching at St. Olaf, he had somebody who was doing the cross country skiing training and they were going to school and training in order to try to qualify for the Olympics. And so for like three days, I thought this was going to be a thing, and then it ended up not being a thing. And I ended up like skating on those skates like maybe four or five times, and I said, you know what, this really isn't for me. And so there it was. I blew a bunch of money that I didn't have, and I looked kind of I don't know, ridiculous in front of my teacher. But we moved on from it, and I ended up graduating on time. So there you go. So I tried speed skating, and I quit it because I knew that it wasn't going to be for me, and I need to move on to other things. So stay tuned for the next story. I've got more, plenty more where that came from. All right, thanks for hearing me out. All right, friends, we're starting a brand new series today, and each Monday when we launch the podcast, there'll be some more installments to it. But it's called End It, because I think somehow we need to figure out how to quit things, how to... Uh, quit relationships, how to quit jobs, how to stop uh, activities in order to get our life back. It seems to me that as I'm, I've just been praying and seeking God, that um, something the church needs to learn how to do is to say, 
no to even good things so that we can say yes to better things. And so there's a great book that I'm going to use to bracket the conversation out there called Necessary Endings by Dr. Henry Cloud. Yes, that Henry Cloud, the one who wrote the Boundaries book. I know I was reading your mind. It's crazy. I can read minds through a podcast. And so I did. And it is a fantastic read. And so I'm going to be reading through that, highlighting the most prominent things and putting them in the season so that you and I can discern what things we can let go in order for us to, you know, prune the branches a little bit in order to create fruit in the areas that are most vital to our lives. And so the very first statement of the book, Dr. Cloud says that often what gets in the way of our tomorrow is the commitments to today. And so there is a barrier from us moving, being able to move forward because of the weight and all of the requirements that we have today. This is something that in the wisdom tradition, which Christianity and Judaism, uh, that our Old New Testament come from, they have this interesting interplay all the time with what to do about today and what to do about tomorrow. I mean, Jesus on the one hand says, don't worry about tomorrow because it won't add a measure to your life, but, but today has enough worries of its own. So on the one hand, like we need to not get so focused on the future that we don't take care of our business today. And then we have also in the book of James, it talks about, you know, we need to really punctuate everything with Lord willing so that we don't somehow tie ourselves to obligations down the road. Uh, that ultimately we don't get to because there's no way that we know how far we're going to go down. Okay, all that being said, it is something I see again and again in pastoral ministry, whether if it comes to finances or relationships or habits, which are the th- three of the main common denominators of about all the pastoral conversations that I'm in. It seems like we have a hard time thinking about tomorrow because of all that gets in our way today. And so I think but as we start this journey together, we just need to think about and just give a really good inventory of what's going on today that really is going to get in our way for tomorrow. And there's two two categories we'll talk about here. The first category is obedience. Obedience is choosing between good and bad things. Okay, that's just that's category number one. Okay, and so we can investigate. Like if there's some weight in, in your life or my life and we're sorting it out together, what might happen at the end of that conversation that says, okay, well, obedience looks like this because this is disobedience, right? That seems to be more cut and dry. seems to be more easy. But what about... When there's two good things, choose between good and good, right? That's where we get the topic of discernment. Now, I want to leave discernment to the side because discernment, I think, deserves a, deserves a whole new season of its own. But I think uh, looking at ending things, we, we have a bit that's in the obedience-disobedience bucket. I think a lot more is actually in the discernment bucket of good things, uh, Good job versus a job that I actually dream about and more passionate about. Both those are good things. Your current job that pays the bills and that you've invested time in, it's a good thing. You know what also be good is embracing a job that gets the best out of you, right? Because the years are clipping by. And so those are two good things. So you have to choose between those two good things. And how are we going to go from good job to best job down there? Well, that takes uh, some soul work because you're going to have to end something good. And that's scary as all get out. So where do we begin? I want to begin in Mark chapter 10, where Jesus is uh, encounters a man. Um, it, there, this story is repeated in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all three of the synoptic gospels. And in one, he is rich. In one, he is young. and one, he's a ruler. And so we just call the story of the rich, young ruler. 
But in Mark's gospel, the heading is the rich in the kingdom of God. And he's a rich man. He's got a lot going on. When you have a lot of stuff, particularly in Jesus' day, you have to protect it so no one takes it from you. So you tend to have people who work for you to help you manage it and account for it. And so not only does this guy have a lot of stuff, but now he has a lot of responsibilities in order to not squander the stuff. Okay, he's got a lot going on. And so he comes to Jesus and he asks him a question and it reveals his soul. He says, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? Okay, so he's got a lot, but he knows he doesn't have everything. There's a big hole of something that's missing deep within his soul. And so Jesus talks about the commands. He, uh, he says this, he's like, um, you know the commands, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And Jesus intentionally leaves out one so that the man takes notice of the thing that Jesus knows about him and so that they can actually talk about it in a winsome way. This would be like, Someone's singing the, the Star Spangled Banner and they leave out a line and we just can't like move on from it. Like we just know why did they why did they skip that? Did they skip it or did they just forget it? And how could you forget it, right? Like uh, like a the unresolved note type of a thing. And um so this this guy asked Jesus and Jesus says, You you need to do the commands and Jesus listed all the commands and he leaves one out. And uh, the, the guy's like, well, I've done all those. So what's next? Does it answer my question? And so Jesus pushes him a little further. He says, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. So Jesus knows this guy's barrier. It's possessions. It's the love of worldly wealth. It's the love of money. And Jesus knows that this guy will not give himself wholeheartedly to the task if he can continue the the habits and uh, the pattern of behavior of acquiring more stuff and watching stuff and always desiring more. So Jesus says, okay, you want it tomorrow. I'm telling you, tomorrow could be fruitful. But today, you got to sell stuff and give to the poor. Then you can come follow me. So this guy, the barrier of his tomorrow was even was, was his identity of today, his identity in the stuff, right? Notice his reaction. This is verse 22. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Let me make a couple of observations. Number one, saying no to stuff can be a challenge. And the reason that it's challenging is not because of the surface thing. This, the surface thing was this guy's possessions. What was deep, the, the, the issue, the challenge was the identity change that he would undergo if he sold his stuff, right? This kind of reminds me, have you seen, um, have you seen the movie uh, with, uh, what's it called, the, uh, the Barnum guy? Uh, right? It's got Hugh Jackman in it. And uh, Zach Efron's character is bored and he's depressed and he doesn't know who he is, but he's among the rich of New York society and um, he's lost. And yeah, he's benefiting from it, but he just, he finds it hollow and uh, Barnum gives him a way out and how challenging it is throughout the whole movie to not give, not just leave it behind, but to to deny 
the gravity of it all, right? And this is why this is challenging for him because it was going to be an identity issue. So that's number one. But Jesus understands how hard it is. And you'll notice if you go back up in uh, verse 21, before Jesus gives him the command to go sell everything, it says Jesus looked at him and he loved him, right? I think Jesus knew. It's hard to tell, but my hunch is that Jesus knew this guy was going to resist this invitation, but Jesus still loved him. Here's a neat thing that somebody told me about the Gospel of Mark. This is the only time in the Gospel of Mark that Jesus directly loves someone. Now, does Jesus love people in Mark's Gospel? He does, but this is the only instance where Mark says he loves him. So Jesus loves this guy in the midst of his struggle. And I think that you and I need to hold on to that because I think we're going to be challenged over the next several weeks to end stuff that's not just superficial, like speed skating, right? We're going to have to end stuff that's really important in this part of our identity. And it's not just going to be habits, it's, but it's, it's going to be like attitudes and postures and mentalities. And yes, some habits that we don't even recognize that we do, but we know we got to leave it behind because it's going to come to the surface. It's going to be tough. So the truth that you and I need to cling to is that Jesus loves us in the midst of the challenging invitation to end it, right? Okay, and the last thing I want to share is that after this man walks away, Jesus doesn't chase him down, fearing that he's lost a a potential disciple. and says, you know what? I'm just kidding. Like, just give away half your stuff. I mean, half is going to be fine. We can round it up and it'll be fine. You'll get the point. You'll learn your lesson if you only give half. No, Jesus doesn't budge. And I think that's important. Um, If you and I want to move forward and move forward with force behind our backs, we got to think about setbacks in a completely different mindset. That a setback can actually be the momentum that leads us forward. Uh, T.D. Jakes, a preacher, once said in a sermon, he's like, imagine a bow and arrow. The further the, the bow is pulled back, the more force that launches the arrow going forward in the right direction. And that's true. Haven't we seen that? People who give up stuff and the people because, they, I don't know, because of choi- their choices, others' choices, they have setbacks. And they they can turn that life around. It's some fantastic story. Isn't that amazing? Sometimes it happens because life happens to us. Other times it happens because we choose to end something that initially starts at a loss. But it, it frees us up to, and moves us forward. Let me stop uh, in with a, another movie reference. You, you ever see Up in the Air with George Clooney? It's a, that movie that was brilliantly launched right when the recession of 08 was happening and people were losing their jobs. And so Clooney's character is to fly like, I don't know, 200 and some odd days out of the year. He's hired by companies to fire people and to give them their severance packages. It's a tough job. So all day long, he flies to a new place and he fires people and their dreams are dashed. Well, early in the film, a guy named Bob knows what's coming and Bob tries to, I don't know, stop the process. And he pulls out like his pictures of his kids from his wallet. You know, back in the day, people used to have wallet folders and they had pictures in them. Okay, imagine this with me. And uh, he had his kids. He's like, hey, these kids need medication you know, where's that going to come from? We're going to be destitute. We're going to be stranded. I've given my 20 some odd years this company. This is, this is impossible. This is, this is devastating. And so in a moment uh, of vulnerability, 
and a moment of anxiety there, Clooney scans his resume and he realizes that Bob did not go to school for a job like this one that he's getting let go of. But he actually went to school for culinary arts. He wanted to be a chef. And Clooney says, how much did this company have to pay you 20 years ago to give up on your dreams? Yeah, man. And Clooney was able to, in that moment of loneliness, convince Bob that this is not a death, but it's actually a rebirth. It's a beginning, right? I think we need to pray that God would give us that mentality when we end some stuff. I think right now, some of us know exactly what we need to end, right? We, we've been kaleidoscoping. We've been justifying ourselves for way too long. We don't want to be a quitter. Uh, we don't give up on it. Uh, we've put a lot of time into it. But deep down, we know like there's like this gnawing voice. It's like that our like, a boxing manager in the corner going, "It's time to end it." But it's tough, right? Identity loss is going to happen. Well, brothers and sisters, know that this God loves you, who's with you, who's convinced you it's time to end it. And over the next several weeks, we're going to look think look at this idea of quitting stuff and have it be a positive thing in order for us to be freed from the burden and the weight of today so that we can go with full force into the potential of tomorrow. So thanks for hearing me out. All right, everybody, last season we talked about habits, and if you'd like to get the full download of habits, look at season two where we talk about habits. But one of the things that we uh, have discussed is how habits happen in community, and there's a threshold, right? Like how many people would it take who are already doing the habits for me to start new habits. And so we just understand that in the young adult ministry, there's just a wide array of comfort of starting some new things in our walk with God. And so I want to give us to five habits that if we do them, we will be influential, we'll grow in our faith, and we people will begin to say, yo, like, tell me the reason why you're doing these things. And so that is an acronym, BELLS, B-E-L-L-S. And the first B I want to talk about today really quickly is the word bless. So the habit is to bless three people a week, including one One of those three people has to be someone outside of your church community. So it's totally okay to bless those inside the church. We should build up the body of Christ, particularly the body of Christ at Eastminster. You know, people be loving some blessing at Eastminster. But also to be missional, bless somebody outside of the church. And so why would we do this? Um, you know, some out there, some, you know, tried true evangelicals are like, man, we should be preaching the gospel and not just blessing people anonymously. Well, okay, that's fine. But there's actually a study. And if you want to look this up, this comes from a book called Surprise the World. Um, and it talks about these different habits. And there was a study of international mission. There's two different groups. A group that went and tried to evangelize. They were actually preaching the plan of salvation to get individuals to consider their eternity and to call upon Jesus if they were uncertain about their eternity. And then there was another group that went in and they blessed. They went into different areas and they tried to discern the needs and they blessed people. So now, if I were to ask you, after the end of this study... Which group saw more people come to Christ in conversion? What would you say? You'd probably would say, say group one, because they're actually, you know, doing the plan of salvation thing. And who knows if the second group in their blessing have the opportunity to tell people the guts of the good news, right? 
The study actually showed the exact opposite, that the people who blessed, that were going out there and meeting needs, were actually creating spiritual climates where people began to ask spiritual questions, which led them to seek and understand the gospel and to call upon the name of the Lord, right? So blessing prepares the way, right? It's why when people come with tracks, we get so turned off even as believers. Can I just confess to you, when people begin to bring me a track, I act like a skeptic, a skeptic just to be like give them a, a ride of their life, right? And I listen, I know the stuff to say to them, and I repent, I guess. But I tell you what, when when somebody blesses though, it prepares the way for people to go what in the world is happening here? I wasn't expecting this, all right? So let me give you an example of what blessing might be, okay? So uh, recently I've done a couple of weddings, and so as I was like, okay, you know, what do you, what exactly does one do with a $100 bill these days, right? You can take it to the bank or whatever. Um, but, you know, I, I felt led, so I'm trying to do these habits every week. And so I felt led to pay it forward, right? A little, just a little bit of that. And so I actually uh, wrote an email to the director of the uh, youth hockey organization here that Ezra is a part of. And I said, hey, uh, the treasurer said, hey, you know, long story short, came across some money, would love to pay it forward, would love to stay anonymous. Is there a need out there? I mean, payment pay, a payment deadline was just recently. Is there a family out there, hard on their luck, struggling economy, can't pay their bills, we would love to like step in and help them out. And like, just do it anonymously. Like, and they're like, absolutely. And she told me this great story. The, the, the lady shot back in 30 minutes. She said, this email made my day. Now, I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back. I'm just saying that's the power of blessing. She says, there is a family. They have a couple of children in hockey. They could not pay up last year, so they could not sign up this year. This will allow their prior financial obligations to be covered so their kids could start hockey this year. Listen, that's what I'm talking about. If that's ministry, you don't have, I don't have to be cranked up to do it. That's the good stuff. That's the real stuff. And so all that to say this, bless three people this week. Note of encouragement. Pick up the bill. Pay for the coffee behind you in line. Pay it forward somehow. And who knows the type of mind-blowing experience it could lead to when people begin to realize this universe isn't rigged for entropy and lack, but it's rigged towards blessing and salvation. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, now I've gone to preaching, but thanks for hearing me out. Hey, before we go, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating so that more people can be drawn to the podcast. We also have a... Eastminster Young Adults Facebook page. If you'd like to be a part of that, please look for it and send a request so we can add you to the closed group so you can stay up to date on all the things that are going on in young adult life. Thanks. We'll see you next time.